Hello and welcome to Come Out and Play, the D&D podcast that's all trans, all the time. My name is Benjamin, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be your DM for this campaign. My name is Moss, I use Z, them pronouns, and I'm playing Ember, who uses they, them pronouns. They are a human paladin of the singing flame. My name is Mel, I use they, them pronouns. I play Trick, who also uses they, them pronouns. Trick is a huge human warrior and Ember's elder sibling. My name is Haz, I use they, them pronouns, and I play Maynard, who uses he, him pronouns, and he is a skittish wizard. I'm Chris, I play Rill, and we both use he, him pronouns. Okay, so, you, the players, are in pursuit of one final gem with which to complete the circlets of apotheosis. This is the first step in the plan you found yourselves part of to undo the tangle of magic at the heart of the Plaguelands and, in the long term, save the world. You have previously visited the realm of Stonewalker, one of the dead gods. While you were there, you rescued Rill's mother and the survivors of her squad of soldiers who had been trapped there since the War of the Gods. You have brought them home. You have made a stop off in Trick and Ember's home village to say something that is not quite your goodbyes, but close to it. You have resurrected your friend Terpsichore with the help of one cleric who owned the appropriate diamond and another cleric who could cast the spell. But Terpsichore has come back in the form, in their true form, of a phoenix who, being a gargantuan firebird, cannot, practically speaking, travel with you, has therefore gone on their own adventures. You have taken ship across the Sea of Storms to the Sunset Islands, a group of heavily jungle-covered green volcanic sea mountain islands where many of the tropical plants that provide seasoning for the world are grown. But you have not come here for the spices. You have climbed up the mountain road from the docks and entered the lava tubes and you stand now in the cool underground at the gates of Farazret, the westernmost of the great drow cities because you are on a journey to the underground lake at utmost west and the entrance to the land of the dead. There is a wall built across the lava tube here, built in the same black stone that forms the mountain. And there is a small gate, and you are facing in that gate a city guard who wishes to know who seeks entrance to Farah's rat. Rill steps forward and he says, uh, A garden real d'autral of Kemadosh. Why have you left Kemadosh? We come to visit the... Damn it. What was the, gods, the, dead, the dead god's name? The Merciful Dark. The Merciful Dark. Okay, thank you. We have come to visit the Merciful Dark's tomb. You, you see the guard's eyes like widen in genuine surprise. And he looks at your 
I would assume your veil is back, but you are still wearing various symbols of your god, of the messenger, and symbols of the moon. We, we are the keepers of that place. Why? And why are your companions with you? They are not our people. Rill looks to his companions. Is this, in fact, in Undercommon? This is, or... this is all happening in Undercommon, yes. Okay. Uh, Rill explains he wants to know why you're here. We're your retinue, aren't we? In this context, at least. Oh. This, so. is a, this is a quest that is shared by all of us. We deserve to, well, we need to go together. And presuming that the guard can't understand common, Rill will translate that. Yeah, it doesn't, it does not appear that this particular guard, um, you've got pretty good insight. Mm. He probably understands some common, but not enough to be confident in it. Right, okay. Definitely enough to recognize the language, but he's not making any effort to answer in it. So he probably doesn't have very... Not fluent, yeah. Yeah, not, not fluent, but maybe picking up some broad strokes. Um. That is a sacred place. Even if I let you into the city, you will need to speak with the priests about of whether course. you can visit that place. We wouldn't presume to go there without their permission. And we will be respectful. Let me see your papers. Real produces them. Yeah. And, and the guard will take a few minutes to, to go over them um, and just assure himself that you are a... Um, you are an above-board, like, you are a citizen in good standing of Kemadosh who has been given permission to travel rather than exile. Because that right. would be a very different thing to let, into the, let an exile into the city. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because... Uh, <laughs> I have a question about, like, outside of this place. Like, mm -hmm. in Kemadosh, there was, a, like, a bunch of people also waiting outside the gates who didn't really have anywhere else to, like, go besides waiting outside of the gates to be let in or trade or whatever mm -hmm. um is that the same situation here yes there's not there's not a broad like courtyard and shanty town the way there is in kemadosh because the structure of the rock here is different um the people who are waiting before the gates um actually are sort of off the side of the road there was a, a fork of this lava tube to another smaller chamber uh, where there was a group of a, a motley group of some people camping and some people trading and, and little stalls and things um, so there, there was there is a similar setup um, which you have access to should you wish to go and, and interact with them okay so the guard has looked has looked through your papers which i think have probably been annotated in kemadosh because you've been through the gates of kemadosh twice now with companions from the surface and i think there's probably like an, an extra page at the back saying these are the people you are often traveling with who have been previously let into kemadosh with you um with descriptions that are being carefully cross-checked um and the guard hands back hands back your papers and sighs heavily very well i will allow you into the city However, I must require that you present yourselves to the priests 
at your earliest convenience and let them know that you are here and why. Thank you. We'll head straight there. And the gate is uh, somewhat irritably opened to you. <laughs> People want to come into the city, honestly. Right. Now, Rill is not familiar with this city. Rill is uh, not familiar with this city. Yeah, this is not one he's been to before, so he is just as lost as everyone else for once. Uh, and we probably have to ask directions, because there's definitely not going to be maps anywhere. Yes, I would think the guard, who is so anxious that you visit the temple and, and sort of make your presence known, will probably Point give you directions to the temple yeah. to allow you to do this thing. The, the aesthetic of Farizret has a lot in common with Kemadosh in that they have built in the available space where they can, they have built around the natural structures of the rock. The difference is that Kemadosh is built into an area of almost bubbles in the rock, fairly large spaces that overlap and form a kind of honeycomb. Farazret is built around these lava tubes that act as the roads of the city. And the dwellings are partially carved, partially built along the edges. So where Kemadosh, there is a corner and a crossroads every few yards. Farazret, a road will run for several hundred yards before it crosses anything else. You are directed towards the center of the city in the physical layout sense. This is... Not a strictly circular city, but it is built around a central shaft where the now defunct volcano sent the majority of the lava up to the surface. And that is, although it has guardrails and carved balconies and is not just an open hole down which you can plummet, nonetheless, that open space is the center of the city and as you come out onto one of these balconies because all the temples were built off this central area you come out and you look up and you can see far above you a little circle of daylight where the top of the volcano is still open hmm. the temples here laid out on this level around the central shaft show very starkly, at least to Rill's eyes, the damage that the war did, because there are six temples here. Uh, there, is, there is a temple to each of the five, the, 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 the drow gods as were, plus one to the merciful dark. And of those six temples, only two of them show signs of active use. Only two of them are open and lit with glowstones and lanterns and have a traffic of people coming in and out. And the other four are just quiet and dark and still. Oh. Real isn't exactly unused to this, but this is definitely like he wasn't expecting to just see this, you know, right right away when they walk into this area. They haven't been converted in anything. There's not even, you know, there's not even candles lit or anything. This is 
mildly upsetting for him mm. in a way that he maybe hadn't expected. Yeah. But um they will he'll he'll lead everybody, you know, right um over to the correct temple, kind of slowly making their way so he's you know, he's he's trying to like get a sense of the city layout and everything while they're here, <laughs> even if they're not gonna be here for long. This is still, you know, it's interesting to see another drow city. It is. And it's, I think, the first other drow city you've actually been to. So you are used to foreign cities being very foreign. They're surface cities. They're built on a different aesthetic sensibility. They tend to be all about masonry and brick and wood, but all just sort of built on the available space rather than nestled into it the way drow tend to build. And of course, the people who throng them are not your people. Mm -hmm. It's different to you to be in what you know is a foreign city and hearing undercommon all around you and seeing people who look like you. Yeah, it's almost more strange because it's more familiar. Exactly. You know, there's a a food seller has set up a stall on this sort of temple plaza level. And it's weird because you recognize all the smells, which just brings home that this is not home. This is not the food cellar that you're used to near the temples that you know, but they're still selling same food. Like, that cart still smells of rice and of mushroom fritters. That's weird. It's a bit odd. But you make your way around the plaza uh, to the Temple to the Merciful Dark, which you all would be able to recognize the broad iconography on at least at least the Messenger Temple, which is all about the moon, the Maiden Temple, which is all about the stars, and the Merciful Dark, where the most, the most prominent iconography on the facade of this temple in particular is... A pair of, of candles have been carved into the rock on either side of the doors, but they have been carved as recently snuffed candles. There's not carved flame. There is a wick and then a, a artfully etched in drift of smoke. Hmm. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> and as you approach it, you can see that although there's not a lot of people coming and going... Although the great doors are shut, the side door is still open. This is still a place that you can go to. It's just hardly anyone does. So do we knock or? Let's, let's just go on in. Okay. The interior of this temple is almost entirely dark. However, a couple of you at least have the ability to make light. So I will go ahead and assume that you do this for your companions who... Do not have dark vision. Yes. It would be rude if we tripped over um, <laughs> over various things in this temple. It we would, could. honestly. It, it would be rude, and it would be very easy to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, this we temple... Sorry? I was just saying, we don't want to add to our list of temples desecrated. <laughs> this temple is built on a, a... It's built on a square plan. There is a kind of cloister around the top, of around the edge of the square, between the wall 
and uh, a row of pillars that marks sort of the inside. And there are a number of little shrine niches, something of that kind, Lit little carved into the into the wall shelves and nooks and spaces with statuettes or painted icons set in them. And some of those do have stubs of candles or dried up flower offerings sat in them. You can see that this temple is not completely abandoned. From the cloister, there are steps descending around this square to a, a central leveled out area that is perhaps 20 feet across. And you can see that on a gathering day, people would sit on these steps and, and line this whole amphitheater to, to, to witness what was done by the priests at the bottom. And the whole place has amazing acoustics for one, but it does have a kind of stillness to it, a kind of calmness and welcome that it would be easy to just come and sit here. It's meditative as a space. And there the is... Sorry, go ahead. As if the purse of the acoustics is, in fact, to remind one to be silent. Yes. Yes. It's not the kind of echo that invites you to sing. It's the kind of echo that makes you aware of just how loud you're walking. And there is, sitting on the steps, uh, near the top, a drow in what you would all now recognize as being robes that are similar to what uh, Rill wears. These, these are priestly robes. They are dyed, even to Rill's eyes, a very deep, deep black. Hmm. And in contrast to the usual fashion, which is to embroider in lighter colors so it stands out, the embroidery on these robes is almost as dark as the robes themselves. It's a very heavy gray. You have to squint to make out the designs. Around the cuffs and around the neck in a, a yoke of embroidery. And this priest is clearly aware of you, has clearly noticed you come in, um, but has has not leapt up to stop you. It, they, are, they are letting you explore the place. Uh, oh, I was going to say, didn't we say we were going to talk to some priests before wandering at least too far into the temple? We did, and lucky for us, here's a priest. <laughs> uh, which will, will beeline um, towards so as not to you know, seem like they're taking any, um, um, oh, damn it, I forgot the word. Liberties? Too, I guess, yeah, liberties is what he told the the guards when they were, they were here to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, he will say, uh, Hale, we didn't mean to bother you while you were here. We came to speak, um, with you, I and my friends. Pilgrims are no kind of interruption. Please be welcome. My name is Farini. A garden real. Your accent is not from Farazret, I think. No, uh, from the 
from the mainland, uh, Timodosh. Ah. And then please, share with us what news you have. Is there some message from our our counterparts there? Not at this time, actually. We came um, to ask a favor, not from Kemidorf, but uh, I and the, the people traveling with me as well. We are um, here on a journey set by the gods. Then these are not just the companions of the road. No, far more important. Make a curious group. Please, uh, sit, all of you. Let us discuss what you have come to seek from us. I think Which at this point, Rill progress. is getting uh, tired of... He, he just can't, like, uh, translate everything. Um, <laughs> so he will nudge um, nudge Maynard to... What is it that he has? Does he have tongues? Is that the the the, the translator one? Rill nudges Maynard to... Um, Cast tongues on Farini after he he you know warns um, the. I other don't priests. have I don't have tongues. Well, did you get rid of it? No, you always had it. I don't I don't think I have it. Let me check. I swear sure to I God, you it. cast it while we were in the underworld place. No, I I I, I think he's oh. right. I think that's you. <laughs> I, mm, I think maybe we both had it. Uh, no, I've only had the less useful version. <laughs> Damn. Do you have the slots for it? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we Yeah, it's a third level courage any... spell. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yes, um, I don't have it. I don't actually have it on my list. I not want to have... Listen, it took us days to get here. We can just say that we all... <laughs> no, l- legitimately, like, if you want to reselect your spells at this yes, time... Yes, I will go ahead and switch that out. You've had at least a day to... To, to plan yeah, it. it took us a while to get down here, and yeah, we were traveling. Yeah, yeah. That's it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. You, 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 as in real, have been living this world in a way that you, the player, have not, and therefore yes. have this thought of we're going to have a language barrier, aren't we? Mm, yeah. These people who don't speak undercommon that I travel with. Okay. Um, real will, you know, ask permission to cast a spell on a, a fellow priest, and then uh, do so, casting tongues. On our new friend here. Farini holds out their hand and lets you sort of touch them and cast the spell. Gives a little shiver as it settles over them. And um, you all have this curious double-layered understanding because the nature of the magic is such that they're still not speaking common. They're still speaking under common. It's just that you also understand them. Gives this strange doubled effect to what you hear. I was uh, saying, please uh, be welcome and and sit with us and explain what has brought you here and what it is you seek. And everyone was <laughs> just like I'm contemplating. It's like okay, so I feel gonna, like I just feel like how how honest we have to be. I'm yeah. just feeling like we had a sense of um. Of secrecy, which has been slowly eroding as time goes on. Um, yeah, we're just like, how much can we, yeah. should we tell other people? Um, we have come here. Um, we have come here following a vision. Um, a vision leading us towards. Um, 
leading us towards a, a ceremony to um, uh, to heal uh, the sickness in the uh, old empire. Um, and part of that vision has led us to um, the shores of the Silent Brothers domain. And we now seek your permission, if you will grant it. Um, though we know it will be dangerous to uh, pass therein. I'd like you to roll persuasion just to convince Farini that you are telling the truth. Mm -hmm. Fortunately. Brilliant. Uh, legitimately. That was a two. Skin. That was a two. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, there is both a cultural and language barrier. What yeah, comes across as sincerity from me, as far as I'm concerned, is yeah. clearly coming across differently. It's, it's, yes, it's clearly something about the way you you have told this story. Seems too pat, perhaps. Yeah, seems seems naive. I understand you have come as a pilgrim, but this vision you speak of cannot be from my god no no it's not from not from him but um from uh but for, i don't think the stammering is quite this bad um because this is me trying to remember the name of the god the singing flame. the singing flame right sorry my brain gets playing the smith the smith his name's the smith <laughs> um um, actually, you know what? I know exactly what this one. I know exactly how to reflect this one. Uh, this this two rather on my on my on my, on my persuasion check. Just like as I get flustered, and I'm like, well, no, we're following a vision from the seeing flame. It's uh, we've we, we've done this we've done this before. We've already visited. We've already we've already been through Stonewalker's realm. <laughs> Other persuasion check because I don't know whether Farini is going to be shocked into believing you or or, or something <laughs> else. I mean, that was me kind of offering that as me rambling on and and rolling a two. That's fair. That's fair. That's, that's a continuation of your two. Yep. Karini's actually just going to sort of turn to Rill. I am surprised you have let yourself become a part of this. Oh. Rill's brow furrows. <laughs> they are genuine and sincerity is not the measure of reality. The messenger spoke to me and said it was legitimate. Are you going to argue with him? The gods keep their own councils and tend to their own domains. They do. You may they have been given messages. strange messages, but I do not think it is likely that they are directing you into the realms of other gods. You're right. They can't tell us everything. They haven't been telling us everything when we've asked questions of them. But they, they are sincere. This one, and he gestures at Ember, has spoken to their god multiple times in regards to this. Ember will step forward and uh, explain. It's not so much that my god's, that my god has sent us or that Rill's god has sent us into the realms of dead gods so much as that we've been tasked with healing 
the old empire and what we need in order to do so comes from the realms of the dead gods. How can that be? How can there be anything in those places that could could matter in the Plaguelands? That is a, a blight on the world, no doubt, but I do a not blight. understand what in Stoneworker's realm or my gods could help you to cure it. There's a particular kind of magic in the realms of the dead gods, or in the realms of all the gods, and we have to access that. Okay, your turn to roll persuasion, I think. Okay. I'm happy to take a crack at it, not that I'm any good. <laughs> okay, that is a 14 plus 7, so uh, 21. A little bit better, a little bit better than your sibling. A little bit. How is it that that a group of three humans and a cleric of the messenger are the gods' tools for this? This is a task of such magnitude that affects so many. Why have they not told us? I do not mean mine, who is gone, but the others. There are those who would rather the world meet a darker fate. And there are those who wish to heal it. But we do not know which side most of the gods take. And so... And so this is a continuation of the war by other means. More a prevention of another war. I'm... I'm giving... I'm giving, um... With my with my all of plus one deception, I'm a fairly open book, and I'm giving like, but I'm giving Ember like a look, trying to work out if I've misunderstood something in or out of character, really, to be fair, um, or if this is like a half truth because, as as far as I understood it, we hadn't really been given a specific reason why. The uh, the specific idea that some gods wanted the world destroyed so much as just they were unwilling to um well at least i would be unwilling to let mortals think too much about the idea of mortals destroying gods which was necessary to all this thing to understand if that makes sense but the upshot is i'm, I'm giving ember a, a look trying to work out if i have misunderstood something or if that is or if that's a deliberate half-truth it was a deliberate half-truth nice very nice <laughs> Uh, it's such a shame that your that your sibling that your sibling that your sibling is so guileless. <laughs> Lack of poker face in this party is distressing to me. <laughs> I mean, not me, but possibly to Ember. <laughs> Ember's just trying to walk around the truth without revealing too much, but doesn't know where the line of too much is. Mm. You you can see that Farini is is troubled about what to do with you what are exactly are you concerned would happen if we went in there and you weren't approving of us what do you think that we would do or what what are you trying to stop the desecration of a most sacred place it is not about you harming the passage itself but 
the mouth of silence, the lake that you have come to see, is and was the center of this faith. And although, although the merciful dark can no longer attend upon the altar, nonetheless we keep that faith sacred. It okay, is not well, for tourism. It okay, is well, for... let me bring this back to something you said earlier. Why, why us? Why some humans and someone other follows a different god? Why, why not? There's nothing that says that some people are more or less deserving of faith, of attention. Should it be a high priest to go? I think you are few. Should we have followers? Uh, a religion? Uh, a cult? I, I, I may not have the best persuasion score, but I am putting a diplomatic hand <laughs> on uh, Maynard's arm. I'm just frustrated. He's just frustrated. I, I know. I remember my... what it looks like when the gods decide that the portals must do something on their behalf. And it does not look like four adventurers. If you May are I... truly the champions of the singing flame and the messenger, then I will take you to the lake. If that is truly what they wish. Okay. So I do not doubt proof. that you have had visions, but your interpretation seems extreme. Hey Ben, I have a um Riff Riff has some channel divinity that he can do. Um can I call on divine intervention? You can try. Divine <laughs> intervention has quite a low percentage chance, but you can I know it does. <laughs> I know it does. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. Uh, uh, Stuntile die. Okay. Let's see here. Okay. So I uh, roll a percentile die. If it's less equal to or less than 10, your deity think, intervenes. Your think, DM chooses the nature of the intervention. I think traditionally here, you would actually be setting out an altar beneath the sky with like an offering upon it. Um, he probably should be, and not making like a, he probably should be like doing something more than making like a very hasty like just see if, see if the messenger will send out fire seeking. from heaven and yeah, yeah. just, just like, throwing up a quick prayer in case. Like, I listen. I've never done this before, but we need your help in this situation. He's like, yo, messenger, we need the receipts. <laughs> Uh, that is, uh, that's a 36. You sent up a quick prayer. There is no obvious response. Yeah. Yeah. For what it's worth, and I, I don't know that I should be telling you this, but we do need access. There were more of us. And they were defeated. And we are the next group. And why us? Because we were listening. When specifically, we were listening when a message was sent out. And you agree with your companions that you have been into Stonewalker's realm and come out of it. Yes. And what magic did you bring from it? Goblet, goblet, goblet. I left it at home. <laughs> ah! 
I left it at home! <laughs> my god. Oh my god. Oh, I wanted to bring it, but then I was like, no! It just, does she have the stone? Do, or do we have the stone? Uh... No, she'd have the stone, surely. Like well, we she, actually... no, rather her, her, her cabal would have the stone, surely. Yeah, you took you you jump back to the golden flame, and I think you probably left that stone there to be set into a circlet. Uh... Hold on, let me look at my spells and see if I got anything that could possibly. Help. I mean, th Can this I... sounds like someone who's asking for an explanation more than someone than who is like evident. to demonstrate your cool. Yeah, shit. but if we could be like this, you could have been know, like, "Aha, this chalice! I, I have this chalice." But no, it's Can sitting I... on my fucking shelf at home. Okay, listen. Can I? Can I make a play to you that, like, you know, I bought a number of feathers. You did. I bought a oh, number yeah, of feathers. I, I mean, many of them have been turned into wedding clothes. Um, but what if I had one? I, th I think you could have as, as evidence feather. to our case. Sorry, I think I spoke over you. Yeah, I was saying yes. You could have, you could have kept a feather. I think that's a reasonable souvenir. Oh, 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 I'll produce. I'll remember it at this point in the conversation, and um, dig it up. I imagine I've got it like pressed. Between like, like pressed in like, between like two sheets of paper or something like that, um, and just sort of pull out this magnificent plume and say, "Look, we, this isn't what we went for, but it is. It does speak to the truth of what we're saying." I say as I realise that I've just produced like a magnificent feather, but of no clear provenance whatsoever. But <laughs> I, I'm doing it earnestly. I do everything earnestly. I do many things earnestly. Uh, Farini will take it from your hand and, and turn it over between their fingers. It does not seem of this world. You say you are trying to heal the plague lands. Tired nodding. Um, yes. We... It's important to... To, re to rebalance things. There's a... There's an imbalance, and... The Plaguelands is causing things to become unstable because of its presence in the, this world and the, the aftermath of what happened there. It is a curious thing. Many have asked what happened there, and on that subject, my god at least, kept a particular silence. There is some mystery about that place. There is something more than usually unnatural. You asked why a band of four and not an army? I asked why a band of four and not the temples, but I must concede the last time they came to the temples to get their work done, it was a war. Perhaps they are trying to avoid another. She returns your feather to you. I think you are sincere. Whether you have interpreted your vision correctly, I don't know. And whether if I send you on this path, you will return, cannot promise you. It is a road of the dead. The living do not travel it. But it is a road we all must take, sooner or later. There will be a journey involved. It is not close. And I will need to prepare, cleanse myself, make what preparations you need. Come is there... Are there any 
preparations specifically we should make to be respectful of the merciful dark? There will be a, a ritual cleansing before we enter the lake itself, but I would appreciate it if you would take the time to bathe your whole bodies before then. I don't suppose you could direct us to where we might do that, since we're new to the city. Farini, uh, in fact, can, um, but I think Mel had something to jump in with. I was just um, putting in my pitch for essentially having a ritual funeral. What? Honestly, well, no, what I mean, in the sense of... Huh? What do you think I am? Of course you're going well, to... Well, I don't funeral. know. Like, he didn't <laughs> mention it. <laughs> we, we walk into the lake. That's it. <laughs> just go go for a paddle. <laughs> well, I, you didn't you didn't you didn't mention what we asked, and I was worried that you'd been put on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> no, le- legitimately, um, and you would know this geographically. There is quite a distance between where you are now and the mm. edge. Ah. So. Oh yeah, of course. The actual <laughs> ritual accessing the lake and doing those ceremonies will happen at the other end of this journey. Mm. Um, which will, I mean, you, that, but that's what you get. Yeah, you 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 don't know the details of it, but you you can reasonably assume that the actual funerals happen at the lakeside rather than in this temple. Mm. Gotcha. If you are determined to do this, then you may return at moonrise, and Farini will give you directions to uh, some public baths. Um, because there are some quite close to the temple district, because the general concept of have a bath before doing religion is uh, a fairly common one. Mm-hmm. Um, and go about her preparations looking very troubled. Mm. I mean, could you imagine like four random people just showing up? in your temple to a dead god that has died and being like proposing something completely insane to you. And uh, like, what if, what if, are the little wizards like really mad at you for not immediately <laughs> being on board? <laughs> like really cross with you straight away. Well, it straight away. I have reasons. It's like That's... you're not you're not holy enough. Get away. Literally not what they said, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess I misread it then. Yeah, they weren't saying, why you, you're not worthy. They were saying, why four ragged adventurers are not like... Like, they have a whole organization dedicated to doing wow. what they ask. So, why have they not used it and instead have used you guys? Oh, yeah, right. Okay. Just chunk it up. Translation issues. <laughs> Maynard is notoriously chill about anyone suggesting that Maynard is not the best person for any job. <laughs> Historically, he takes that very well. <laughs> okay. You have left one upset priest behind you. Um, you've got like a few hours to play with. Um, Moonrise is one of those unhelpful times that is literally different every day. Yeah. I was going to say, is there anywhere we can, like, see the moonrise? Because this is a drow city, so it's underground. It is, but you are also, like, outside the Temple of the Messenger right now. Ah, right, of course. So they would have which probably to keep has... tabs on that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. I don't think that they have... I don't think they have 
any kind of clockwork power dials. That is just not aesthetically how they go about things, but they do have, as part of the temple facade, the times of moonrise and moonset and the phase of the moon. It's just on a display that they probably update themselves every evening rather than a an or it's not an orrery. It's a set of display boards that they change. Right. Um and moonrise um is in fact slightly before sunset today. Uh about four PM is is when the moon will actually be rising, which gives you a few hours to to uh do what you gotta do. Let's say about five hours. So it's it's like eleven AM because you, you had an early start because of when the ship came into harbour. And you're due back at about four. Okay. I, mean, I don't know that we particularly have things to do other than bathe. I mean, if all you want to do is is bathe and hang around, this is also cool. Yeah. Yeah. Let's explore the city a bit. See what's see what's going on here. R- roll for tourism. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> it's an investigation check, I suppose. It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that was a 10, so I'm not sure if we found anything interesting. You're an extremely average tourism. <laughs> okay, tourist traps. Yeah. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes. The tourist traps of this hyper-isolationist ethno-state. Yes. So they're, <laughs> they're not, not exactly tourist traps. They're more places you take your teenage children to before they come of age. <laughs> so that they understand their heritage. Hmm. Um, the, the, the big ones that you can sort of find in the few hours that you have. Um, There is, of course, a long stairway up to the top of this hollow shaft around which the the major city, the the major buildings of the city are built. Um, It's it's a lot of stairs. It's, you know, if you've got three hours to kill climbing stairs, you can go to where this shaft opens out on near the top of the mountain and look at it and look at the um, rather effective uh, set of portcullises that have been built to close that off if the city is attacked. Um, More easy to get to is to go downwards to the bottom of the shaft where there is a natural rainwater pool and it's much closer. Pretty. That actually brings up a question that I had. Farini did um, sort of imply that this city has seen like some kind of action during the war. Mm-hmm. Um, considering that they're even more isolated than Kemadosh is, uh, do we know anything about that? Like, this does not seem a place that would be. Uh, I mean, the island itself would be, like, a good place to, I I mean, attack, I guess, if you were wanting, like, trade routes and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, you know, would any of us know any of that history? Um, Roll history for me. That's a 27. Yeah, you would know that the Sunset Islands did a lot of internecine fighting. Not so much that that there were large armies here, uh, but that there were... You know, each island to itself kind of fighting, um, which meant that a lot of supply routes got quite heavily disrupted, especially because the Sunset Islands relies on a lot of trade for 
bulk foodstuffs, which it then trades for the spices that are grown here. So there was a lot of hunger around the Sunset Islands, and that would include in Farazret during the war. Um, there weren't any major dwarf cities near here. So that much is true. Um, you know, they didn't have, they were not attacked en masse the same way, uh, but they did still lose a fair number of soldiers who marched out through the Underdark to uh, join in the war in other places. Um, right. Or who went by teleportation to do the same thing. So the city was not besieged in any meaningful way, um, but they did lose a fair number of soldiers who uh, went out, and uh, there was there was a sort of war-induced famine. was was the major the major suffering for their part. Okay, well, that was a cheery way to spend an afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I I am curious. Are you are you are you spending the several hours to climb the stairs, or are you just doing the easy version, of being like, what if we just go down six levels and go and look at the pond? It's a nice pond. I, I feel like the pond would be easier. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we we we. I was going to say we walked all the way here. We did not. We took a ship. Um, we've been doing ship. a lot of walking. You, you have. You haven't like not walked. You'd have to walk up the side of the mountain to get to the entrance. Yeah. There's no like. Easy way to get up there's there. There's no ski lift. I mean, not for like us. There's probably like an emergencies a teleportation thing somewhere, but not for us. We have to not walk all up these stairs. You had to People go through were... customs. People were rude <laughs> <Yeah>. to you. <laughs> the three humans go... are definitely going to like be stared yeah. at a lot. It's going to be You're a whole thing. You're just going to hang out in the city center and go down to the, 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 the civic pond. It's a very nice pond. Yeah, I'm sure it's lovely. It is. It is. You know, even yeah, to you, it is genuinely interesting because drow cities having underground rivers, this is entirely normal. A drow city having a rainwater lake, that's unusual. Most cities do not have this kind of guy opening, and it's a sort of inherently sacred pond because the sun and the moon shine down on it sometimes. You know, there's starlight. How often do you get that in a drow city? You can see that there's some inspiration in how the uh, the temple in Eisenbrook was built with the the central skylight. With the skylight, yeah. Certain resemblance to to how this whole city is laid out, and you do get some funny looks. But your gold and silver are good enough to buy lunch and to uh, pay your way into the public baths. Um. Where you stand out, frankly, even more, because you are three of the, the the three humans of your party are redheads. So, wait, all three of you are redheads. All three of them are redheads. Oh God! <laughs> this party is the least suited for sunshine there has ever been. I did not realize that when I created the character. Yeah, no, I think it's extremely funny that you are <laughs> three redheads at a drow go to sunny places. <laughs> I keep forgetting Maynard's a redhead, so every time this is brought up, I'm just like, oh yeah. Yeah, and this is the party that strips down to the public baths that is otherwise full of people who are sort of navy blue and dark purple. <laughs> They're like, hello, we have come to be moonlit in your presence. <laughs> <laughs> Behold, we are beacons of needing a tan. 
but you get I you 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 go to the baths. You get I assume thoroughly clean. Mm-hmm. Yes, I assume you would tell me if you were like I am going to desecrate the hell out of this. <laughs> <laughs> In the absence of this word, I shall assume that you are being respectful. No, and I think also also at the bath is probably as good a time as any to offer up one last one last prayer, saying, "Hey, listen." You know the thing where I keep asking you to carry me safely home? Well, once again, and this time I'm travelling by what's basically a big lake, so doubly. <laughs> Go by water. This is your job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's good. Uh, Real will probably take a quiet moment here to, like, apologise to the messenger for, like, trying to call on, on him when it really wasn't like a desperate situation it turned out we didn't you know need your help all that much actually like some quick talking got us through so you know sorry for bothering you (laughs) it seems like the the polite thing to do understood (laughs) and for once you have no shortage of of messenger shrines to pray out because yes there's the the main temple there are also little niche shrines and things around the city for you to uh, use as a focus for your prayers. Okay. Uh, does it just seem to be the um, the Merciful Dark's temple that has, like, out of the other um, dead gods' temples that are here, does does their temple seem to be the only one with like priests still in it, or um, with it having a quick look around? No, it looks like all of them have. At least their side doors, um, like open. Um, at home in Kemadosh, all of the temples to the dead gods have, if not clerics, then at least caretakers. Um, this looks as if it is probably similar, and these temples are still treated with respect, even though there is nothing left for them to be sacred to. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. You you visit you visit the tourist pond, you have your baths, you obtain some kind of lunch. You did all the shopping that you could think of to do already, I think. So unless you have a strong desire to do additional shopping, we will fast forward to four o'clock when you return uh, to the Temple of the Merciful Dark. All right. And waiting for you here is Farini, uh, looking... Somewhat calmer than when you left them. Somewhat, they've had a, they've had a few hours to come to terms with the situation, with with what they've agreed to do, and restore their serenity. And they bow quite formally to you when you return to the temple, and wave a hand, and the door closes behind you. Welcome, pilgrims. If you wish to travel to the Mouth of Silence, please follow me, and they will lead you uh, out of the back of the temple and down several flights of stairs to join what at, at this point is clearly a pilgrimage route in that the rock underfoot has been worn down through time, but not by wagon wheels into ruts, just into that curve 
of thousands upon thousands of feet. And every so often there is a little niche in the wall, an icon or a statue or just a shallow bowl of water, just something to provide a focus for prayer and worship as you tread this long route. Well, they, while they're walking, um, Mater goes up, like, sort of sheepishly, sort of says to the priest, I'm, I'm sorry for uh, getting a bit a bit angry. There's, a, there's probably a reason why I'm, I'm not a priest. Patience is difficult. You are young, I think, even for your kind. Patience will come. Thanks. I really hope so. After about an hour's walking, always descending, this pilgrimage way ends in a small, small chamber at a small jetty on an underground river. Not, not a very wide one, not a very fast-flowing one, but large enough that you can board a boat here and let the current of the river carry you for most of the distance that you need to travel to reach the edge of the world. Uh, and there is another drow here, dressed in similar very dark robes with dark embroidery, uh, who is ready to steer the boat. It's a kind of open barge that they pole off the walls to keep it in the current. And that part of the journey goes on for much longer, long enough that all of you will probably sleep. And at some point, Farini will take over steering the boat to let the other drow uh, meditate and rest. And it is, it is a familiar problem to you now to not know what time it is, to be underground and not know what the sun is doing. And you've grown used to working by feel. It's probably morning by the time that this boat is being tied up again and you are gently encouraged to disembark. The river's wider now and slower and the lights that the drow make, the little dancing orbs of light that throw off about as much light as a torch, the light does not travel far enough to show you the walls of the chamber you are now in. You are at the edge of a lake. There's no wind and no tides, so there are no waves. There is the barest ripple against the shore. And there is darkness and there is silence. And there is a little temple building with open walls built at the very edge of the lake shore which Rill would recognize, has the kind of layout and decoration that you would expect for funerals. Ah. As you are disembarking, uh, Farini and the other drow have stepped aside and are having a, a whispered conversation. Um, not exactly a disagreement, well, at least not exactly an argument, but there's a certain intensity to it. There's some gesturing. Um, if Rill listens in, because um, they are talking in Undercommon again, um, they're discussing um, 
both what's practical and what's appropriate for you to cross the lake. Interesting. What are they? Um, what are they deciding on? Real is maybe a little like he recognizes that this is, you know, a needed way to get into this um, pocket that we need to go into, but it's still just a little, just a little creepy. <laughs> just a little, just a little creepy. Uh, you know, elves don't die as often, um, or not for you know a very long time at least. So this is recognizable, but still a little, little spooky. And he's not sure. He and Will this. isn't old enough to remember all of the war funerals. So Will does not remember having been to many funerals at all. Mm-hmm. Like maybe three or four, and they were all old drow in their time the funerary practices of thousands of years do still weigh a little heavy on the mind mm -hmm. so the quest the discussion they are having is sorry it, it might, i'm slightly blanking on sort of how to de describe it um i mean even on top of this being a complicated thing to do you know most of the party is human and this is not a I mean, right. I guess, you yeah. know, it can be worshipped by other people because it's part of the... Right, and, the and circle, everyone, but... everyone has always recognised that the god of death was the god of death. But this has always been a place for drow funerals, and Farini is kind of arguing that, that we shouldn't... That, that, that since we have agreed to do this, we should perform it as if it was a funeral, because that is the respectful way to send people across this boundary, even if they're usually dead people when we do it. And the other drow is arguing that since you are alive, it would be more disrespectful to do a funeral than to work something else ad hoc out. Makes sense. Yeah, it would feel like like tricking them or, or something. Being Right. Yeah. And there is also a side argument in amongst that, that um, the rafts they usually use are not built for four and will probably sink. Fair enough. <laughs> so should they be doing this one at a time, or, or are you going to row? It's hmm. Mm. The, they are exercised on the matter. But after five minutes or so of, of this argument, Farini has not exactly pulled rank, not in the sense of saying, I am senior to you, therefore what I say goes. But Farini clearly is the senior, and simply by dint of continuing to argue her point on the matter, almost inevitably comes round to winning this argument. And comes back to you with her footsteps just crunching slightly on the, the gravel shores of this lake. I will need someone to come and uh, help me bring the canoe over. I'll do it. Freeney leads you to, there's a small boathouse that's been built you know, a, a distance from the funerary temple um, and is a much more practical looking building. You get the sense that the canoe that you're helping to row back um, or sort of paddle back, it's not oars set into the side like on a a western fishing boat these are separate paddles so if you want to steer you can just put them on the other side of the boat this is almost certainly 
rather than a ceremonial vessel, this particular canoe is almost certainly used for the lake equivalent of groundskeeping. Right, right. But it is large enough that, although you'll be a little cramped, you will all four be able to fit into it um, along with your packs. And you are directed to tie that up to the jetty by the temple, along with two much more formal-looking small canoes um, that are painted black with delicate tracery symbols in grey along their gunwales, and then led back up to the little temple itself. And I think that we will pick up in that little temple next week. Come Out and Play is a real play podcast project, all trans, all the time. You can find us at CAOPcast on Patreon and on Twitter, and at our website, comeoutandplay.games. If you're trans or non-binary and you'd like to get involved, drop us a line. And as always, if you enjoy our show, share it with your friends, and if you don't enjoy our show, share it with your enemies. Word of mouth is how a project like this gets attention, and we just love attention. I've been ritually killed in the temple. It's not that weird. <laughs>